morning, church. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to Matthew to chapter 14. And I'm going to read to you in just a moment here a Jesus story. I love Jesus stories. Um, oftentimes when I am traveling overseas, um, I use a lot of narrative Jesus stories like this because they're so filled with so many truths and so relevant to us. Oftentimes I find that uh, what happens to us is that we become so familiar with stories that we miss so many truths. There are unbelievable amounts of uh, truth in these stories and uh, sometimes we just have to, to, to look at them a little deeper and go a little bit below just the surface and it's, it takes more than the casual glance, it takes an in-depth look uh, into, into the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. I've entitled this Responding to the Storms of Life, and, um, and we'll look at that in just a moment. So if you would, would you stand with me? Uh, I'm going to read this to you. Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Notice what it says here. It says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray together again. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, and in this room there's so many needs it's here only you know the depths of our heart and the struggles that we face and the storms that we're going through and so I pray that those needs would be met father we read your word and sometimes we have questions and we don't understand and so I pray that you would teach us through the power of your Holy Spirit open up our hearts and our minds to understand your word and then father there are those that have come today they love you They've been part of this church and fellowship for many years. And they've come, Father, because they want to be useful in your hands, just an instrument and a tool. So I pray, Father, that you would use us. Use us, Father, to be effective for your glory, for our good, and for the advancement of your kingdom. And, Father, we ask these things in the awesome, mighty name of Jesus. And the people said, Amen. You can be seated. Hey, let me just say before I get started on this uh, Jesus story that um, my son is here. That surprised me. He come to see me. Oh, maybe his mom too. But 
And uh, so Matt, my son, is here, and his wife, Maya, is here also. And uh, we're so, I'm so glad, first time they've been here um, uh, to the Ridge. And so uh, they live in the Springfield, Missouri area, and so we're, we're so glad that they're here um, and uh, that they could see me. I'm glad that you could see me, okay? Let me, let me also say, uh, before, we, before we go too far here, that um, I, want to, um, I, I want to remind you a little bit, this is not a dirty shirt left by the praise team, worship team, okay? This is actually... Uh, here for to, to show us. I, I'm wearing one similar to that, um, and uh, it's for our Senegal mission trip that we'll be going at the end of this month. And so if you'd like to purchase one of these, actually the Senegal team looked at all of our staff and they said we need one person to model that. Who would that be? And well, no, that's not true. Okay. They wanted Bob, but the rest of us said no. Okay. So. But uh, but the bulletin gives you information about this. And here's the wonderful thing about this. It's got our church logo on it, our name. But a portion of what you pay for in buying this goes to our mission team to use uh, in Senegal. And uh, so you may want to look at that. There's uh, sizes for, for guys or sizes for gals, uh, all of that that's there. And then one other thing um, I wanted to point out to you in the bulletin, um, it mentions a a mission trip that we have planned for El Salvador. Well, yesterday I uh, talked to some of our El Salvador uh, workers, um, and they told me that they would like to uh, change that um, and kind of move that back just a couple days. So, so in the bulletin, I think it said maybe the 24th or something like that. Uh, but uh, actually, that, that team would be leaving on July the 26th through, the, through August the 4th. And uh, on, on April the 30th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we're going to have an informational meeting. There's going to be a sign-up sheet for that. Uh, I would love to see a great group of people from here at the Ridge that would go. I already have some that have uh, said something to me, and they're looking forward to doing that, and that'd be a wonderful thing. Now, let's get back to the Jesus story, because that's where we are this morning, and it's always great to hear what God has to say to us and, and how he works in our hearts. and. And I just say that, uh, you know, in, in, in thinking about this message, responding to the storms of life, uh, in the past few days, as I was praying this week uh, about a message, and then in the, in the past few days, especially on Friday, it seemed like all day long there was warnings if you get the, um, the weather channel or uh, whatever you may have, that, uh, the possibilities of, a, of, of a, a tornadoes coming through or thunderstorms or things like that. And uh, <clears throat> so we've, we, we've seen all of that, and so it's kind of fresh on our mind. And then later, if you look at the, at, at the forecast uh, for later on in the week, well, there's a chance of some thunderstorms and some stuff coming again. And, and here's what I found in, in, in life, is that there's a variety of different kinds of storms that we all face and, and uh, that, that come our way. Uh, it could be things such as a tornado that we was given a warning for um, and uh, told us to be on the lookout and... Uh, uh, and so forth, and to find shelter if you don't have a place, make sure you're looking for all of that, be prepared. Or it could be something like hurricanes or typhoons or cyclones. Uh, basically, those three things are about the same. It just depends on what part of the world you're living in. My wife and I was in a cyclone that lasted for 10 days uh, while we were in Papua New Guinea, and uh, in our house would move this way, and, then, and, and, and it'd feel like the whole house was going to be lifted off 
uh, and the roof torn off, and part of our house was, uh, uh, part of our, 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 our veranda, our porch out front was blown off and things like that. Uh, a lot of the tribal huts were, were, were damaged and a lot of gardens and other areas throughout, the, uh, throughout that. But for 10 days it was like that. I mean, night and day, 10 days that, that, uh, that storm went through. As a matter of fact, it was during that time that I had been teaching um, our tribal people and uh, teaching them God's word twice a day, morning and evening. And they had gotten mad and upset at me. And they, they uh, for some reason, they weren't coming to the teaching. Well, then this cyclone blew in. And uh, when the cyclone blew in, um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I went to the teaching area and everybody... Everybody in the village was there. The first time everybody was there. I'm telling you, dogs, cats, pigs, everything was there. And they said, uh, I remember a village chief pointing his finger at me. He said, now you, you talk to your God and you tell him we're sorry and we're all here. <laughs> God's a wonderful God. He's a great God. And uh, storms come to all of us, so we, we, we can't avoid them. We can't get by them. There's a variety of different kinds of storms. It could be lightning storms. and They do a lot of damage and, and stuff also, or, or just wind, a lot of extra wind with those. Or, or maybe it's a dust storm. Out west, uh, when we were in Oklahoma, sometimes uh, you would get a lot of wind. But farther out west uh, in Oklahoma and then on uh, in other areas, you would find dust storms and things like that that would come through and uh, very difficult, very hard uh, to navigate through. In our area, at times we have snowstorms or we have ice storms. Uh, I've been through a couple different ice storms uh, and a number of snowstorms because um, living in Illinois, I uh, was raised as a, as a small child in northern Illinois, and so it really snowed a lot there. And, I mean, you could get, you know, snow, you know, like this at times. Uh, but, uh, but the ice storms, we've all, we've all experienced a variety of, uh, of different kinds of storms. And they come unexpectedly sometimes. Uh, sometimes uh, now it seems like we've got a weather channel and, and we can look at things. But, uh, uh, but still, there's unexpected storms and unexpected events that come. And they come in different seasons. Of life, so we have those kind of storms that come during the summer, those that are um, uh, that are in the springtime, or those that are in the winter, or whatever. And and uh, well, I'm 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 really I'm not trying to be a meteorologist for you today. I'm a uh, theologian, um, and uh, so I want to help you uh, to really see that I'm talking about spiritual storms, storms that come into your life. And this Jesus story is one of the best that really gives to us a lot of indication about those kind of things. And so I want us to look at them and uh, look at these things together. Uh, but here's, here's the real question that I would, uh, that I would ask you, and that would, be that, that would be this. Is there a storm heading your way? I mean, I'm talking spiritually. Is there a storm headed your way? Now, here's what I have found in life. Uh, I'm, I'm 64 years old. I have found that uh, I'm either um, coming out of a storm, I'm in a storm, or I'm going into a storm. Now, life is, uh, uh, oftentimes, life is like this. And for every one of us here, we are going to deal with that, regardless of your age, of uh, storms that come into our life. Some of them may be because, again, the seasons of life, having to deal with things that is more based on your age. If you're a senior adult, 
then probably you're going to be dealing with some storms that have to do with maybe some physical uh, uh, features or some physical limitations or some things like this that you're dealing with with your physical body. Uh, uh, if you're younger, then it may have to do more with other things or, uh, you know, um, the stress that you have uh, in college or, or uh, in, in high school or, or whatever it may be or, or a marriage issue or something with your children. But there's storms that are going on all around us in your life and my life. And so for us to act as though those things aren't happening isn't true because we know that they are. Now, here's what I found about the Bible. I've not found, I'm still searching, but I have not found, after being saved for 44 years, I've not found any passage of the Bible that tells us how to make the storms go away or how to avoid them. Now, what I have found in the Bible is that there are a number of passages that teach us how to survive in the midst of them. When the storms have come, how to deal with them. And, and I believe that God intentionally brings storms into our life. And the reason that I believe he brings them into our life is to teach us some things, but also to use them so that we can be a blessing and help others also uh, in the different experiences and things that we have. Now, here's what I found about this particular passage. And on many times, the scriptures give to us this kind of an insight that in order to understand this passage, we have to read the passage before that. Now, I'm not going to take the time to go through all of that, but I do want to take and paraphrase some of what was taking place in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. The reason I say that is because in verse 22, it starts out with the word immediately. So it means immediately following just what had happened. Well, what had just happened here? And so when we look at the passage of Scripture and we understand the truths that we find here, uh, what we find is that um, uh, Jesus had gone out into a deserted area, very remote area. And, uh, and he went out there to pray and to spend some time by himself. Well, the crowds of people were searching for him because he had done lots of healing. He is very popular at this time. And many people were coming, they were searching everywhere. Well, somebody found him, and the, and the word spread. And so literally thousands of people went out into this remote area. I'm, I'm talking about a real remote area, kind of like when you're driving through uh, New Mexico or, or uh, Nevada or Utah where you see that sign that says last gas station for 100 miles. I mean, he was out in a place like that. There were, there were no, there were no uh, stores, no villages, um, nothing. Jesus was out in this, and thousands literally came out to see him. And, um, and so while he was out there, um, he started teaching him. And uh, as he was teaching them, now I want to tell you that this is all planned by a sovereign God. He knows all these things. Now, who was it for? Not only was he doing the teaching for... Um, uh, for the crowds of people, about 5,000 plus people were there. But really, the focus on this was for 12 disciples who were there, that they may learn some valuable lessons. See, this was a classroom setting. It was kind of like he was saying, okay, okay, guys, so sit down up here. Okay, watch, watch what's going to happen here. Now get your pens, your paper out, take some notes here. I want you to see how God does what God does and only what God can do. 
And so he didn't say it that way, but what, it was about to be a lesson, a teaching time for the twelve. And so he says to them, in this, um, you know, um, uh, one of the disciples came to him and kind of was mentioning in the teaching, Jesus, could you pause for just a minute? Let me just tell you. Okay. Um, well, we're getting a little hungry. The crowds are getting hungry. And it's a long ways back. Uh, so it's probably you should cut the sermon short. I know some of you are thinking, you should cut the sermon short. But actually, there's so much good material here, we're going to go to about two. Okay? <laughs> God will bless you for it. Okay? And, uh, and so, so Jesus... Um, Instead of saying, yeah, you know, you're right, it is a long ways. We need to dismiss these 5,000-plus people. I mean, they've got babies, their wives, all of this kind of stuff here, no food for them, uh, anything like that. But we'll dismiss them and let them, let them go. Instead, Jesus uh, g gives two questions, or there's two questions I'd like for you to answer when we look at this passage. He says, first of all, um, uh, and, and this is what I say, is, who did Jesus tell to give food to the people? Okay, in, in verses 16 and 17, Jesus said, when they said, we don't have, uh, there's not enough food here uh, for us to do that. Now, one of the disciples was probably thinking he was a little hungry, and he sniffed out two fish and five loaves from a little boy's lunch. And he was thinking, well, at least two of us could eat, you know. And, um, and, and, and so when they come to Jesus, and they say, well, there's not enough for everybody that's here by any means, uh, uh, Jesus said, uh, give them food. Well, there's not enough, Jesus. We can't. And the point was that Jesus was trying to get to them was that you're absolutely right. You cannot give them what they need. You can't do that. You're not able to do that. But let me tell you what they didn't know that they were about to discover is that they had God in their midst and that, that he can do the impossible. He can do what you and I can't do, and in the midst of your storm and in the midst of your difficulty, he can provide and he can bring the resources that we need in unexpected ways and especially in unexplained ways. And so, so that, was, that was what was going to happen. Well, so he says, go ahead and give them something to eat. Well, we don't have anything for them to eat. And then uh, in verse 19, though, what did they do? He, they brought the two fish, the five loaves, and uh, Jesus prays over it, blesses it, gives it to the twelve. They distribute it. And, uh, and so they were doing exactly what Jesus said, give to them food. Well, we can't do that. Okay, well, let me show you how it can be done. He provides for them what they need, and then they are the ones who do it. God calls us oftentimes to do things we say is absolutely impossible, and he does that to show us that you can't do it, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, he can do it through you, if only you will trust him and let him do that. Now, that's the background for what we're about to go into here when we look at this passage of Scripture, and it's important for us to understand that. So, when we look at this then, and, and we see the answers uh, that uh, were given there, uh, we go in immediately in verse 22 to our Jesus story for today. Uh, and uh, Jesus made uh, his disciples to get uh, into a boat and go before him. Two key words here is immediately following that story, connects them together, and then the word made. Now, in the old King James, it uses the word constrained. Jesus constrained them. And, and literally in the Greek language, what it says is Jesus did not say to them, Hey, guys, it's a nice sunny day. What do you think? A boat ride. He wasn't saying that at all. 
He didn't give them any options. What, what actually what it was saying was that it uses the word made. It means that Jesus said, I said, get in the boat, get in it now, and head on out. That's what Jesus told them. And I'm not going with you. And so they're thinking, oh, oh okay, you know, whatever. No, get in the boat. You guys get in the boat. You guys head on out. And so, so you see the story is being set up here so that we would understand it. Now, the thing about it that I found is that God is always in the business of sending storms on purpose to you. Now, I do realize the enemy likes to do a lot of things. He likes to discourage us. Uh, he likes to afflict us. He likes to, the enemy. And he can do some of those things, some of those things. But everything that happens to you that isn't good is not from the enemy. God allows some things to happen to us to grow us. And so God may send an instructive storm your way. And in those instructive storms, what it does is it teaches us that we are to depend upon him, that he is going to have the resources and everything that we cannot do it on our own. And, uh, and so he may send uh, an instructive storm. He may send a directive storm that would show you, okay, I want you to do this, not that. This door has shut, it's closed, but I want you to go over here. And so he may send things our ways that we may not be aware of to distract us from doing what we wanted to do to get in line with what he wants us to do. He, he may send a corrective uh, storm your way. And there's someone that you know is... First, uh, you know, his name starts with a J, and uh, there's a big fish involved in it. And uh, uh, he, God, was, God said to him, I have a plan for you. There's, a, there's hundreds of thousands of people that need to hear a, a message of repentance, and they will turn to me, and they will give the glory to me if you'll go. And he says no. I don't go. I don't want to go there. And he went the exact opposite direction. Now, the thing about the story about Jonah and the whale is that the Bible clearly says that God created the storm that would come into Jonah's life. God created the whale that would come into Jonah's life. And as you go on through there, you're going to find that later on Jonah was sitting underneath of a, of, a, of a plant and a tree that had big leaves on it, and God created a worm. It says that God created a worm to eat into the center of that, to kill that bush. You see, God is a sovereign God, and he creates things and brings them into our life in order that we would learn to trust him, that we would follow him. And then there's faith-building storms. Those faith-building storms are those kind of storms that come your way that challenges you in many different areas. I know I pastored for about 10, 10 years or so before I ever went overseas. And uh, when I went over to see, when we went overseas and lived in, in New Guinea, uh, we lived out in a, in a, in a jungle area and, uh, for about five years or so while we were out there in those areas. Uh, we, the only electricity we had was through a solar panel or through our generator at times. And, uh, and we had no running water except what we could catch when it would rain into um, a, a, big, um, a big container. And then we could uh, use that water. Um, and so uh, we had no doctors. We had uh, no dentist. We had uh, the, the helicopter would come every two months. And so if you forgot to get the other dozen eggs, it's too bad. 
uh, and all of these kind of things, and we dealt with all kinds of things. I remember when my son cut his knee, and, um, and it really needed sutured up and stitched up, and I had everything all out there uh, to do all of that, and he decided, no, he didn't want it. It wasn't that bad. We won't cut that. He still has a scar there that reminds him his dad probably knew better. But anyway, uh, our, oftentimes Matt uh, had malaria every time he would be back from his school break. Uh, Karen had malaria, I had malaria, Kelly had malaria, Kelly had a tropical ulcer, we had other sicknesses, other things. Uh, we went through uh, floods, we went through uh, volcano eruptions, we went through uh, landslides, we went, we went through uh, earthquakes, all of these kind of things. And, and I found that in the, in the 10 years that I was in New Guinea as a missionary, five years living in the bush or so, or actually eight years uh, in New Guinea, uh, but, uh, but during that time, I found that I knew more about God and his faithfulness when I had absolutely no access to anything but him. He's faithful. I'm telling you, there's nothing that, there's no storm that you're dealing with that he can't take care of and he won't work in your heart and your life if you'll let him. That's just the truth of what his word teaches us. And so this morning as we, as we continue on, uh, we'll, we will find that, um, that, that he sends those storms. Now, when do the storms come? Notice in verse 24 what the scripture says here. Uh, the Bible makes it plain here um, that, uh, uh, that those storms come our way, first of all, uh, when we least expect them. The Bible says the boat was now in the middle of the sea. When they started out, um, it wasn't that big of a, an issue. Maybe the sun was shining. Maybe it was, a, it, maybe it was as smooth as glass. I've seen the ocean like that at times, and you could get out there, and it's just like, wow, this is going to be neat. This is going to be nice. And then within about two or three hours as you get out there, all of a sudden you start seeing dark clouds come in, and everything changed, and that's what happened to them. They were not expecting that. They didn't have a, a weatherman. They didn't have a forecaster. They didn't have anyone to tell them those kind of things. Uh, the boat was now in the middle of the sea. It's tossed by the waves, uh, for the wind was contrary. And, uh, and Jesus knew exactly what they would be facing. He knew exactly where they would be at that particular time, and he knew exactly what they needed. And I can tell you that he knows exactly what's going on in your life right now. He knows where you are uh, in the midst of the, of, the, of the spiritual storms that you're dealing with, and he knows what you need to get out of that. And I believe that he will speak and he will work in your heart and your life. And, and, and the second thing you'll find here is that Jesus, Jesus uh, come in the darkness of night. It was during the fourth watch. That, that's that time, that's that period between three in the morning and six. So it's the darkest time of the night. That, that's when, uh, that, that, that's when uh, Jesus, um, uh, he, when, when this issue was taking place with them. And so they had been out there for a while. They couldn't see the shoreline. There, weren't no, there, there were no lights from the cities that was out there. And they didn't know where they were at. All they knew was there were big waves and it was tossing them and turning them every direction. And when we're perplexed and, and there's doubt, when we're puzzled and we're confused, uh, when we have more questions and we have answers, when we can't see our way uh, because of the overwhelming darkness that's there, when it seems like God's voice is silent, when it seems like there's danger, water's coming in the boat, 
Something has to happen. When we start panicking and we tremble and our phobias uh, control our feelings and our emotions, when the doctor says, uh, he gives you a call and he says, I, I think you need to come in, I, uh, on that last scan uh, or test that we ran, there's something that's not right there. And, uh, well, what do you mean, doc? He said, well, we just want to make sure that it's not cancerous. Uh, well, when we hear those things, we think, cancer, I could have cancer. When our finances and our resources are running low, when our retirement benefits, uh, thanks to our wonderful government, uh, attacks everything and takes what you've got. Uh, that was extra. That was not in the notes, okay? When our marriages are struggling and you're saying, this is not what I wanted when I said, I do. Why does this have to happen? God... Why is my children on drugs? Why are my kids struggling? It's a dark time. God, I'm not hearing you. You're not speaking to me. What's going on? Now let me tell you, it's, it's during those times, unexpected and in the darkness, that Jesus shows up. He shows up in the face of danger. Again in verse 24. I've, I've read that to you. Tossed by the waves, the wind was contrary. I'm reminded of what, what Mark chapter 6, verse 48. Mark chapter 6, verse 48. You highlight that passage. Mark chapter 6, verse 48, because this is what it says. Then he, Jesus, saw them. And then the next word's this, straining. Straining at rolling. Jesus is on the bank and he sees them struggling out there. Struggling, straining. And then the word, the word of God says, for the wind was against them. It was against them. So any direction they were going, they, were, they, they just couldn't get anywhere. You ever been there? I've been there. It just seemed like every time I try, it's, it's, I'm not getting anywhere. God, where are you? I need you. There are times when we all feel like we, we've lost the battle or we're at least losing. But I want to remind you that just as the Lord is in control of your blessings, He has control over the storms. Remember, it's a storm on purpose. You see, they were in a classroom setting, feeding 5,000. Jesus showed them God can do anything. He's a miracle-working God. Now they're out. It's where the rubber hits the road. It's where you and I are today. We can read the Word, and we can sit in a class, and our faith is strong when we're in a church service. But when you're in the marketplace of our world, and you're dealing with unbelievers and people who are mean and hateful, and I have to tell you that, as someone told me some years ago, that some church members are meaner than biting Sal. I've ran a few, across a few of those cells before in churches. Mean-spirited. And you say, oh, God, what's going on? It's dark. It's difficult. It's hard. But I want to I I show you something here. The very thing the disciples feared, what was that? The raging sea that was all around them, was the very thing God used as a vehicle to bring Jesus to them. You know what happened? It's like the old song um, that they had. 
uh, years ago. Here comes Jesus. See him walking on the water. He'll lift you up, and he'll help you to stand. Oh, here comes Jesus. He's the master of the waves that roll. Here comes Jesus. Let him save your soul. Folks, I'm just telling you in this is that God, in his way, works through us. And he will help us when there's danger and there's difficulty and there's darkness that's all around us. He's there. And so we find that. We find that also is that uh, he's there in those dark moments, even when we struggle with those things. He's there. He's always there to help us to deal with us, to bring us to where we need to be. I, I like this, this next verse here because uh, Psalm 139 explains it all. He says, if I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me. This is the psalmist saying, surely, okay, it's dark. I can't see anything. Even the night shall be light about me. How is that possible? Indeed, the darkness shall not hide, hide from you. And then notice what he says here. In verse 12, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. You see, God doesn't see darkness and light. God is light. Wherever he's at, there's light. And so as we struggle, again, we need to look to him. And we need to trust him. And so as he's at work in these things, and, and in those times when there's doubt and there's unknown, when the disciples were, were looking and they see Jesus coming or they see something coming, and they're saying, it's a ghost. And they weren't saying, it's Casper, the friendly ghost. The Bible says they were scared to death. They couldn't explain the situation. They had no control over it, and, and they were confronted with the unknown, just like you and I are. They were fearful of the unexpected. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. They were frightened by the unexplainable. I, 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 can't, I don't know what happened. It was a freak accident or something. That's where they were at, and God was there. And here he comes. Now, Faith is built by hearing God's voice. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying immediately. Three times you find the word immediately used in this passage. Verse 22, you find it used right here in verse 27. And then you also find it a little later when Peter is sinking in the water. Immediately. The same Greek word all three times. Immediately. Right then. Right there. Jesus reaches down. Right then. Right there. When they're panicking and they're fearful. Jesus says, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. That's a hard thing for us, even when people say, don't be afraid. It's going to be all right. Listen to God's word. The Bible does teach us, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We know that. Some people have asked me, um, why, why do I have people stand when I read the Word of God? And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I did that. On my first missionary trip ever, my first missionary trip ever, it was to Haiti. I was a student at Southwest Baptist University, 
I went on that trip, and I was uh, up in the mountains of Haiti, a very remote area, and the, and the building was absolutely packed full. It was about a third the size of our lower level here, about a third, and it had about 400 or more people. I mean, they were packed in there. No electricity, only just some old coal lan lanterns is, is what they had, and um, uh, matter of fact, there were so many, there were only two chairs in there. There was a chair for the pastor, and there was a chair for me, because I was going to be preaching that night. And uh, there were people all the way around us. I had to be careful that I didn't step on hands and feet as they were sitting. They had a few benches there, but I mean, that place was just absolutely packed full of people. Some people had walked for a day or two to get there. They wanted to hear the Word of God. And I remember I had my Bible that was there, and I took my Bible, and, uh, and, and I laid it down on the ground beside me. There was no way. Uh, they were singing and stuff. I was clapping my hands, so I laid my Bible down. When I did that, a Haitian guy came running up there. I thought he was going to steal my Bible, but he ran up there, and he grabbed my Bible, and he squatted beside me and held my Bible, and the pastor said to me this. He said, oh, Brother Norm, I think, I think you've offended some of our people. Well, how did I do that? We would never put the Bible on the ground. In this group of four or 500 people that are here, there's only probably three Bibles or four Bibles. We don't have Bibles. The Word of God is so precious to us that, that we take a Bible and we wrap it in plastic as soon as we're done in our church service. We put it in the safest place in our house so that we would, it won't get wet, we won't lose it. We only have three or four. And from that time on, for the glory of God and His Word, because listen, there's 6,900 languages in the world, and about 3,000 of them do not even have a John 3.16 yet. And we have multiple versions of the Bible translated in English. And I think we forget how valuable it is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I've heard people say this before. I've heard them say, I would like to hear God audibly speak to me. Well, I, I, I can tell you a way that that can happen, 100%. Open up your Bible, read a verse, and you've just heard God audibly speak to you is his word read it grow in it that's what's going to change it and that's what we find here is that that they heard Jesus speaking and he brought words of encouragement and and then there's that obedience side of that is that once we have heard what his word is saying to us Peter answered and said Lord uh, uh, if it is you command me to come to you uh, on the water so Jesus said, now hold it, Peter, you know that people, humans, cannot walk on water. Impossibility, Peter. No, that's not what Jesus said at all. Jesus said immediately, come. And the next word says that Peter, by faith, 
on the words of Jesus, stepped out, and he did the impossible. And I know some of you are thinking, it's impossible. I can't believe you believe that story. Well, the reason I believe that story is because in Luke's gospel, the Bible teaches us that what is impossible with man is possible with God. God created our world. He can cause somebody to walk on the water. And he did here. And so Peter... Being in obedience, he did just that. He got out and he walked on the water. I like what Tony Evans has said. Tony Evans has said that God will often not show you what he plans to do until you do what he's asked you to do. And that's called faith. When God reveals to us in his word what he wants us to do, we respond in obedience to that. And then God gives to you the next Destruction, uh, instructions that you need. And faith is built by trusting in God's strength alone. Peter couldn't uh, continue on out there as he let his emotions control over him. He started sinking. He was fearful. Immediately he calls out, uh, uh, saying, Lord, save me. And by trusting in the only one who could do that, Lord, save me. He wasn't saying, if there's anybody else out there, throw a life jacket any, no, Lord, save me. And some of you need to be saved. That's the first place for you this morning, just as we saw this young boy that gave his life to Jesus when he was seven, and he followed him in believer's baptism today with a clear testimony of God's saving grace. It always starts with you giving your life to Christ. That's where it has to start. Your storms cannot be overcome without, first of all, having Christ as the Lord of your life. And then you'll find that it's, it's built on trusting and putting your faith and your trust in him, holding on to God's hands. Immediately, the third time it says um, the word immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, and he said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why, why do you doubt this? Now, David's going to come. We're going to have a song of invitation. Let me just remind you again the words of, of that old song that was in the 70s. Here comes Jesus. See him walking on the water. He'll lift you up, and he'll help you to stand. Oh, here comes Jesus. He's the master of the waves that roll. Here comes Jesus. Let him take you. Or as other versions say, let him save your soul. Here comes Jesus. Would you come? Would you come this morning as God is speaking to your heart? Some for salvation, others of you. You have a storm going on. I can't, I can't fix those storms. All I can do is pray with you. One of our Sunday school classes this morning changed their Sunday school lesson to have just a time of prayer for our church services for church people because a lot of things have been going on and they truly are you're going through storms would you bring them to Jesus would you give him an opportunity would you give him let him work in your heart let's stand together let me pray for you and then we'll have this invitation time father in the name of Jesus we come before you trusting you want you to be honored it is your your invitation time 
May your Holy Spirit speak to us and draw us to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you come as David leads us in a song? You come. Trusting, believing.